Well, Happy New Year to everyone. I hope you had a great time last night ringing in the new year. New is one of those words that I love because it offers adventure. It takes us into the unknown, places we've never been, to see things that we've probably never seen before. The Scripture talks a lot about new. One of my favorite passages with the word new is when the Word tells us that in Christ we are a new creation. And one who's had that experience knows that, that when we come into the relationship with Christ and we have that spiritual experience that the old man passes away and that we see life with a new set of eyes, spiritual eyes, eyes with hope and love for God. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is new. Israel was faced with the new things that God wanted to do in their lives many times in their career. When they were in exile in Babylon, they kept waiting for for the good news to come to say that we're going home. Some 70 years that they lived in exile awaiting that good news until the day the words come from the prophet of Isaiah who brought that news to them. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 16 through 19. The Word of God says, Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down. They cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old, for I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you today at the beginning of this new year, Father God, and as we look into the future with hope that that you are going to be present, with with hope that, that there are going to be new adventures, with hope that we see you work in our lives individually and as a community in a new and mighty way. Father, as we look for those events, we come before you today humbled as your children and ask that you send your spirit into this house to to open our hearts and our eyes to see the will that you have before us, to see the path of of hope, to see the path of, of success, and to see the path of promise that you place before each and every one of us. Father, today I ask that you remove from me the desire to speak my own will, but but fill me with your spirit that every word that I speak would be pleasing to you and would come from your throne for the benefit of your church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. These words were magic words on the ears of the Israelites, I would say. Seventy years that they had been in exile waiting to hear the good news of when they would return home. Seventy years of waiting to receive the message, to receive the order, to receive the blessing that that God is finally going to return them. To their land of promise. Now, the thing about this passage of Scripture, however, is that the day that it was given wasn't an indication that it was going to happen that day. It was a, a prophecy. It's a word of promise that God spoke about a future time. And oftentimes in our lives, God approaches us 
through his prophets to, to give us words of hope and inspiration when times don't seem like things are going the way that we want them to go, that, that that person will come into our lives and speak a word of hope. And us, just like Israel, would probably receive that as if God was going to do something right then and right there. Only for us to find out that, that God wasn't responding right then, right there. That, that his response to our cry was to offer inspiration to, so that we would endure the task that are in front of us. But they're not false words. They're words of promise. And in these words here, what God had to say to Israel was this. This is what I want you to do. Remember what I've done. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path in mighty waters, who brings out the chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down and they cannot rise. They are extinguished like a quenched fire, like a flame. And what God is saying to Israel here is this. Think back to the days when you were in Egypt. Remember how you lived. And remember the day that the waters parted, that I made a path for you to pass on dry land to enter into the wilderness to escape the ones who persecuted you. Remember that. I did that, God said. But then he pulls a little catch-22 here after he makes this declaration of, of who I am and what I've done for you in the past, he comes back and says, but here's what I want you to do. Don't remember those things anymore. And do not consider the things of old. And, and I look at that and I'm thinking, you know, that, that's an odd statement. You know, you would want me to remember the good things that you did for me, would you not? If I was down and out and you come over and said something to me and lifted me up, would you not want me to remember that, that great work that you've done for me? Or if I was hungry and I was in need of food and, and you come to me and offer me food during my time that, that I was hurting, you would want me to remember that kind act, I would think. And I would think that God would want us to remember that also. Not only does he speak it, but he had it recorded in not only in our Bible, but in the Jewish Bible. The history of his interaction with humanity so when he says, do not remember the former things or consider the things of old, I don't think that he's saying, forget your past. I don't think that he's saying, forget your history. I think what he's saying is, stop dwelling on it. It was great. It was good. We had a good time. But I'm doing something new now. And I can't make you come along, but I'm giving you instructions. I'm telling you what you need to do in order to take advantage and benefit from the new thing that I'm doing. Stop thinking about what was and think about tomorrow. Because just like I performed miracles for you in the past, I will perform miracles for you in the present. And just like I made provision for you in the past, I will make provision for you in the present and in the future. Stop thinking about what was old. Look into tomorrow because I'm doing a good work. And he goes on to say it like this. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And, you know, that's the thing that we have a hard time 
wrapping our minds around sometimes is the perception of God doing something real. I can think about the times that Israel spent in bondage, and, and I can understand their emotions that they go through and, and their hopes and their aspirations, and I can understand how that would blind them from the mighty hand of God working in the present to build something in the future. Because when they go to exile, they left behind everything that they once knew. They left behind the promise of hope, the promise of prosperity, and the promise of the land that God gave them. It was taken away from them, and they wanted it back. And in their mind, and in their hearts, and in their souls, they longed for those days again. But even in that time, God sent the prophet Jeremiah to them to say this, In this time, don't despair. Live your life. Have babies. Get married. Work jobs. Plant gardens. Because it's temporary. You're there for a reason. And you know, and I think sometimes that in our lives, we are in a certain season of our life for a reason. Sometimes it's because of the choices we make. I've made bad choices all my life. And I've been held accountable for those choices, if not by my community, then by the very fact of the consequences of those choices. Before I could move forward, I had to learn the things that I needed to know in order to move forward before I could go into that promised land again. And in order to move forward, I had to learn to let go of the past. I want to share with you this. When I grew up, there was a, a certain group of people that ran around with one another. Myself, a couple of my cousins, a couple of my cousins' cousins, and then there was this one other person that wasn't part of our family, but, but worked their way into our lives, and, and we became a unit. And we cared for one another and loved for one another. And all my life, I wondered, whatever happened to that person? You see, I spent so much of my life wondering what happened to that person that I missed out day after day on opportunities to care for other people because I couldn't let go of that group of people, the ideas and reliving in my mind how great it was back then. But recently, I come to find out I was watching a, a television show with Anissa one night, and there was someone on that television show that, that reminded me greatly of, of one of those persons that was in that group. And I thought, you know, I wonder what's going on with that person. The other ones I know because they're family, and family are families. But this other one I, I didn't know. We all went our separate ways at a certain point. So I went on Facebook, and I typed in the person's name and, and couldn't find anything on Facebook. I thought, like, you know what, that's really odd, isn't it? In today's world, someone my age, not on Facebook. So I went to Google, and then I Googled the person's name, and sure enough, the very first one that popped up was that person's name with that person's date of birth and that person's date of death. She died when she was 36 years old. And I didn't know that. 
So I got on the phone, and I called up all my friends and said, Hey, I don't know if you guys know, but, but you know, she passed away some years ago. But I had to say goodbye. So what I did one day was this. I got in my car, and I started driving. And I drove down 16 into Macon, and then I picked up whatever highway was there and, and drove to Atlanta. And then I went on through Atlanta into the Marietta area and through that beyond to Calhoun, Georgia. An entire day just to go say goodbye. And here's what I experienced there. As I looked at that grave, as I looked at that headstone, I could only remember what I knew of that person from the time I met them to the time we departed. Because that was the allotted time that, that I was given with that person. I couldn't conjure up an image in my mind of what she looked like beyond that because that person wasn't part of my life then. And I came to realize that when we separated, and I mean the, the entire group of people, that when we all went our own separate ways, that I did not choose to not remember. Now, I'm not saying that we take our past and throw it away. We remember it and we honor it. But in spite of my inability, God began a new work in my life. And I moved forward into each and everything that he had for me. But I couldn't do it wholeheartedly because I didn't let go of the past. God has nothing but good for us. So long as, as we move into the new things that he has called for us to do. And when we let go, then we can start perceiving the things that God are doing in our lives because we can see his hand at work. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers and the desert. Have you ever been in a position where you really weren't sure what decision to make? Been in a position where there's not really a, a right or wrong answer morally, but then there's a question of wisdom in the decision processes that we have. And we can look at our circumstances during those times and see God's provision. And sometimes his lack of provision, as we would expect it, is the very provision that he makes for us. It's his way of, of starting over, saying, well, you can't have something that you want because I've got something better for you. If we as a people learn to let go of the idea that, that our concepts, that our ideas, and our picture of how life should be is better than what God has for us, 
then we can learn to embrace the very things that God has for us in the present. Every teenager goes through this. And I wish I could say that we outgrow it. I don't know what I want to do with my life. And then they'll conjure up some vision or some fantasy of of how they think life should be, and they want to, to strive toward that image, yet they don't have the resources to do it. But they overlook the opportunities that are there in front of them. You may want to be an astronaut, but God didn't make the provisions for you to go to school to do that. God maybe didn't give you the mind to understand the mathematics and the science that has to be involved in being an astronaut. But what he did give you was the ability to cook food or to work on a car. Embrace those things. Those are the things that give us a perception of what God's will is for our life. The real things. Not the the ideas of what we want it to be, but the real people that are in our lives today. To love the person who is sitting beside you and not hope for somebody else further down the road. Embrace every opportunity that God puts before you today. And when you do, when you come to understand that that those things, those people, those windows of opportunity, those are the provisions of God. Those are the way in the wilderness that he guides. Those are the rivers in the desert that provide life for us. So as we go into this new year, go into it with hope. Remember those things that God has done in the past, but don't lock your life around them. Because I promise you this. Today, God does a new thing. And He will provide the tools you need to move through this next year with hope, with mercy, and provision. But embrace the reality of God's gifts today and abandon the fantasies of what we want it to be. This is the good news. The news to the people of Israel that that I'm doing something good for you. And the good news to his people today in his churches and in his communities to say, I have not forgotten about you. For you, I will make a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Let us pray. Father God, we close this portion of the service today and thank you for all the blessings that you have given us in the past and father god we ask that you help us to to remember those great things that you've done but but help us to 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 take our fingers off from them to to take our hands away from what used to be and help us embrace the opportunities of today knowing that you work for all for good as we love you Father, as we approach this new year, as we enter it on this this very first day, 
let us enter it with passion and great expectations of the miracles that you have to perform. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Father God, in this newness of life that you've promised us through through the death and resurrection of your Son, and as we have partaken of communion today, Father God, we recognize that that we are doing more than just drinking some juice and, and eating some bread, but we are sitting at the table of the Christ our Lord, that his Spirit is still alive today and lives within us. And as we begin this new year, let us walk out of his house today knowing that Christ is with us, not just in spirit, but in word, and help us to look into tomorrow as we prepare for this wonderful journey that you have for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. From our God who loves us with an everlasting love, who brings forth a new creation in Christ, who leads us by the Spirit in the wilderness, Grace and abundant mercy be with you all. Amen.